Hello, and welcome back to the Language of God podcast. My name is Stefan De La Cruz, and I am the friend of God. On today's podcast, we conclude this series, Where the Mountains Go. This is part four, Believe in the Words You Have Spoken. Now, so far, we have learned that when you speak the language of God, we must forgive that God will forgive us. What we've also learned is we must have faith in God. And once again, what is faith? Simply said, it's trusting, trusting God, even when we don't have all the facts or all the information. We've also learned, speak to the mountains in your life and command them to move out of the way. Command them to be cast into the sea. Today, on this podcast, I conclude this series where the mountains go, and I will be sharing with you, believe in the words you speak. Believe in yourself that you are worthy. God has set you free. Now this series has been out of the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 23. Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can ask for anything. And if you believe in the words you just said, you'll receive it. It will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Once again, that is found in the book of Mark, chapter 11, 23. As you learn the language of God, what begins to make itself clear is God desires that you would speak to the mountains in your life, that you command them to move, and that they obey you. They obey your words. As you have read and as you have heard in these ancient scriptures, you will see that Jesus doesn't say that God will speak to the mountains for you but that you are to speak to the mountains. Now think about that. And yes, you heard me right. What a statement I just made, right? That God isn't speaking to the mountains for you. You're not praying for God to move the mountain for you. In fact, you're praying that you learn the language of God and that you speak to the mountain and they obey That's what Jesus is saying here in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. And that is what Jesus is saying here, that you speak to the mountain. That's right, you, not God, and not asking God to move those mountains, but that you speak God's language and you command those mountains to be cast into the sea. In the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verse 18, here's what it says. In the morning, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry, and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, How did that fig tree wither so quickly? Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. 
You can even say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. I've read to you out of this ancient scripture found in the book of Matthew, Jesus is saying to you that you can speak to the mountain. Jesus is not saying, pray to God and ask God to move this mountain for you. I'm saying exactly what Jesus is saying here. And you heard me right. You. Yes, you heard me right. It's you. You are the one who speaks the language of God, and you are the one who speaks to this mountain. Not God, you. And believe me, God isn't offended. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Because you and God now are speaking the same language. Imagine that. And you know the thoughts and the secrets of God. You know God's culture. Wow, what a place to be. Now, Jesus is the one who says this. Back in verse 21, he says, I tell you the truth. If you have faith, and what is faith? Trusting God. Trust God. Without all the information, without all the facts, simply trust God. You can do things like this. Things like what? You can tell a a tree to wither. And then Jesus takes it another step. And says, and you can do much more than this. And then he explains what much more might look like. And he says, you can even say to this mountain, that's right, this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. That whole verse right there, nowhere in that verse does Jesus say, hey, ask God to do it for you. He says, you can do this. You So the language of God is a completely different relationship than what you've known. In the language of God, you become the friend of God. It's a whole different world to be found as you become the friend of God. As you speak the language of God, speak to the mountains in your life and command them to move out of your way. Don't hold back. God has set you free. Remember It is according to your faith. It will be done as you speak the language of God. Now, you may be asking, then why is it so difficult to see things changing in my life when I speak the language of God? Yeah, I've tried it, and it's just not working for me. Well, let me ask you this. Do you believe in the words you spoke? Right now, I'm not talking about do you believe in God. I'm not even asking you if you have faith in God. What I'm asking you is, do you believe in the words that you've spoken to those mountains? Yes, I'm talking about you and your words, because that's where it starts. You see, you can speak the language of God, but if you don't believe the words that you're speaking, your words, not God's words, but your words, if you don't believe your words, then they won't come to pass. As your words leave your mouth, they'll die because you don't have faith that the language of God that you speak is truly yours to speak. Let me ask you this. Do you trust God with your life? That's right. I'm not asking you if you trust God. Listen to what I'm asking. I'm asking, 
do you trust God with your life? So we're talking about your life. You know, a good friend of mine once said to me, you have your plans for your life, and then God has his plans for your life. Which one are you going to choose? So you got your plans for your life, and I'm sure they're grand, but God has your plans for your life. And in his plans, you're going to become the person you were meant to be, the person that you are destined to be. So do you trust God with your life? It really falls on you. Now, let me ask you this. Are you commanding the mountains to move in your life, or are you just asking them? Or are you just yelling at the mountains, thinking that if I yell loud enough, if I yell loud enough, if I'm angry enough, if I seem sincere enough, the mountains will move? You know, people in authority, soldiers, police officers, are taught to speak with a commanding voice. Because as you speak with a commanding voice, people will obey. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? Well, the other part of it is you have to believe that you have the backing to speak that commanding voice. Ask any officer, police officer, when they speak in their commanding voice, they're wearing their badge and their uniform, and they know they have the backing of the other police officers when they begin to speak in a commanding voice. When a soldier begins to speak in a commanding voice, they know they have the backing of the United States military. So they speak confidently. Now, what about you? When you speak to the mountains in your life, are you speaking with a commanding voice? Don't you realize that you have the backing of the Creator, the God, the one who made the heavens and the earth, that galaxy out there, the universe out there that we have not even begun to explore? Don't you know that you have the backing of the God who knew you before you were born and will be there when you take your last breath? Don't you understand that you have the backing of the God who holds life and death in his hands? So when you speak, when you command those mountains to move, command them knowing you have the backing of the God of heaven. As you speak his language, the language of God. Now, let me ask you this. Yeah, I have a couple more questions to ask you. Because originally, the question was, then why is it so difficult to see things changing in my life when I speak the language of God? And I'm giving you some reasons to see changes in your life as you begin to speak the language of God. So so here's the question. Have you forgiven Are you holding a grudge? You've forgiven certain people, but not everybody. Oh yeah, we're all there. Even me. When I go back there and I look, I'm like, oh Lord, please. (laughs) Do I have to speak to that person? Oh, we are, we just don't do well. (laughs) 
So you're not alone on this one. Have you forgiven? And only you and God can answer that question. Then the last question I have. Are there any doubts in your heart, in your life, in your mind, in your thoughts? That's straightforward. Are there any doubts? What they have in common is that we doubt. And because we doubt, this is why it's so difficult to see things changing in our life when we speak the language of God. Because we are doubting. Now, doubt, that word we all know well. It seems to always be there and ready to destroy any hope we may have. In the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verse 21, Jesus said, If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. And the last thing that we have to deal with is we must learn to not doubt. I know, this is easier said than done. The word doubt simply defined is a feeling of uncertainty or lack of conviction. That's all doubt is. You have no conviction to do whatever you're doing. And you're uncertain if you even should be doing it. Where faith is trust. You don't have all the facts and you don't have all the information. So think about this for a moment. You have some facts and you have some information. But you don't have it all. Now here with the word doubt, there's a feeling of uncertainty, a feeling, an emotion. And you lack conviction. Now doubt on the emotional level is indecisive. And and it moves between belief and disbelief. It just goes back and forth. And it keeps you in this place where you never make a decision. And so decisions are made for you by others or events. You don't want to be in that place. We all have had doubts at one time or another. It's how we deal with that doubt that allows us to gain a victory or back down in uncertainty. That's right. And I'm sure if I asked you, you could tell me a story or two about when you had a doubt and instead of winning that day or getting that job, you backed down because you were uncertain. As you learn the language of God, you will be challenged to put away your doubt because the language of God is about trust When you don't have all the facts and you don't have all the information, it's about trusting God. Now, when you got that down, there's another person you have to trust, and that's you. You have to trust yourself, and you have to trust and believe in the words that you are speaking when you speak the language of God. As we have been told, we can speak to this mountain, and it will be thrown into the sea if we have no doubt. So how do we get to a place where there is no doubt? Remember that doubt affects us on an emotional level, causing us to have distrust. Doubt wraps you in disbelief, saying, how can you do this without all the facts? How can you do this without all the information? This just isn't right. That's how doubt works in our lives. And I'm sure you've all been there, and I'm sure some of you are going through that right now. So how do we believe in the words that you have spoken to the mountains 
in your life? How do you command these mountains with that authority? Well, when you speak the language of God, you trust God. And as the words flow from you, you trust that your words are true. That's right. Your words are true. You know who you are. We read in Scripture that no one knows a person's own thoughts except that person's spirit. You know who you are. So, the language of God teaches us, the culture of God teaches us to look inside ourselves and know ourselves, confront those dark places that we don't like, those shameful places that we try to hide from everyone, including ourselves. The language of God says, hey, this is who you really are, and we're going to work with that and bring you to a place where you trust your own words. And you begin this journey with God to faith by trusting. And if you fall and you slip back and you have doubts, as I always say, you get back up. You dust yourself off and you get back in the race and you begin to trust again. Even when you don't have all the facts or you don't have all the information, even when you've doubted God, you've doubted yourself a thousand times, 10,000 times, you get back up and you believe in yourself. You trust in the words that you are speaking as God teaches you his language. You know, that reminds me of a story. You know, we're talking about trust and about believing and how God has your back. I heard a story about a father and son that were very close. One day, on his way to work, the father decided to drop off his son at school so they could spend a little more time together. They talked about the day ahead of them and made plans for dinner that evening. The father pulled up to the main entrance to the school. Before his son stepped out of the car, the father reached over and hugged his son and they said their goodbyes. And his father whispered into his ear, I will always be there for you. And his son said with a smile, I know dad. As his son stepped out of the car and closed the door, the father waved to him. The father began to drive towards the highway, which was his normal way to work. As he drove, he began to prepare his mind and thoughts for the day. As the father drove along the freeway, the road began to ripple and move. Buildings and homes began to collapse around him. He realized a severe earthquake was taking place. After a few moments, everything settled down. The damage that remained was incredible. The father immediately turned around and began driving back towards the school. It was a long and treacherous journey back as the roads were no longer safe to drive on. As he made it back to the school, he saw that the building was completely flattened. No one could have survived such damage and destruction. As the father pulled up to the main entrance, it was now just a pile of rubble. He was so overcome by the sight 
that he didn't even bother to turn the car off or close the door as he ran out to the spot where his son's classroom would have been. With no hesitation, he began to dig and move the rubble away, calling out for his son. For the first six hours, people from everywhere in the area came to help search for anyone that might still be alive, calling out their names. After 10 hours, people started to wonder if anyone was alive, but the father kept digging. After 17 hours, the people began to believe there may be no one alive. But the father kept digging and moving rubble. People started heading home as there was not much hope left. From what could be seen, no one could have survived. The father was asked to stop digging by the officials and allow the firemen and police to close off the site. They asked him to stop and get some rest. At the very least, stop long enough so that we can tend to your wounds. The father had cuts and bruises from digging through the rubble and moving large pieces of cement. But the father said no and kept digging. After 20 hours, the people began to think that this father had lost his mind from the grief he was feeling. After 25 hours, the search for survivors was called off. But the father kept digging through the rubble for his son. After 30 hours, the people believed no one was alive and that the father was emotionally broken and lost in absolute grief. At 36 hours, the father removed a large slab of cement. And as he moved it away, he found a pocket of space without rubble. He called out his son's name and he listened. He heard his son's voice say, Dad. The father said, It's me. And as he shined a light into the darkness, the father saw his son and classmates huddled together with the teacher. The teacher had gathered the class into the back of the room during the earthquake. And as the building fell, the rubble fell in such a way that it created a pocket of space that was protected and did not allow the children to be crushed. The son began to tell his friends, that's my father. I told you he would come for me. Every one of us has dealt with doubt. You may be dealing with doubt right now that no one loves you, that no one cares about you, that no one is thinking about you. You may say, no one even realizes that I'm here, but I wanna tell you, you would be wrong in that because your Father in heaven is searching for you and he has found you today and he is calling out your name in the darkness, in the circumstance, that you are in right now. Will you answer him? He has so much for you. He has set you free. He believes in you. He has been searching all this time. When everyone else said, they're not worth it. There's no hope for them. When everyone else has gone and left you and given up on you, he has kept searching for you. And today, he has found you. 
So will you trust God? Will you put away your doubt? When all around you says there's no hope, when the physical circumstances that are around you says there's no hope, will you trust God today? Will you put away the doubt and put away those thoughts and feelings and those emotions? When you see these mountains around you that seem impossible to overcome, know this, that God says you don't have to climb these mountains. But if you speak my language that I am teaching you, you can say to this mountain, you, that's right, you can say to these mountains, be cast into the sea. And know that I believe in you. It will be done according to your faith. What are these mountains that you are facing? Sickness? Loss? Is it financial? Whatever it may be, your Father has found you. And all you have to do is believe. You know, when everything around you says there's no hope, all you have to do is believe in your God. Don't allow anyone else to define your value. You are worthy. Your Father has been searching for you and has found you. It's your destiny. Walk the path and believe. You are loved. You are not forgotten. What are you waiting for? Build that faith. Exercise that faith and make it a great faith today. Remember, nothing is impossible for your God. Speak. Speak to the mountains in your life and command them. You heard me. Command them to move out of your way. God hasn't given up on you. I hope you have enjoyed this series, Where the Mountains Go. Before I leave, if you are willing to pray with me and ask God to help you speak his language. Repeat after me. Lord, God, I'm ready and willing to speak to the mountains in my life. I come to you just as I am with all my faults and shortcomings. God, you know me and you have searched for me. You have never given up on me and today you have found me and I ask you to take me just as I am. Help my faith. Help me speak your language to the mountains in my life that I may one day speak with you in your language and walk with you as the friend of God. Thank you. Amen. Oh, how wonderful that is. I hope you have enjoyed this series, Where the Mountains Go. And if anyone asks you where the mountains go, tell them. They are cast into the sea where they can be seen no more, covered in the depths of the ocean. I look forward to seeing you again on my next podcast. Go and enjoy this life. I encourage you to live. Break free of the things holding you back and live. Shake off the chains that hold you down. Rise up. Dust yourself off and get back into the race. Live again. I give you permission to live again. 
If you've enjoyed this show, please let me know. You can contact me at my Twitter account, Facebook, or by email. Also, if you have any ideas how I could make my website better, please share those ideas with me. When contacting me, please include the show title you are commenting on. Have a great day. And remember, you are not alone.